Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. This is episode number 38 of the podcast, and this is a very fitting one that wasn't planned out at all, but worked out perfectly. We actually have a former number 38 joining us here on the show today, a linebacker for Northwest Missouri State in the early 2000s. It is Troy Tisdall. Troy was an all-MIAA performer and an academic All-American. He capped his career at Northwest with 188 career tackles, 31.5 tackles for a loss, 11.5 of those coming as a senior. And during that 2004 season, also had a pick six in a win over Missouri Western and finished with three of the team's nine blocked kicks that year. And for Troy, that Bearcat connection runs much deeper than just playing on the football field for head coach Mel Churchma. His wife, Carrie, is a former Bearcat volleyball player, and she is now a very accomplished triathlete. So we talk about that and much, much more on today's episode. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And our newest sponsor is Clorinda Regional Health Center, caring for patients in southwest Iowa and northwest Missouri through inpatient, outpatient, and emergency services. To find a provider or more information on treatments, clorindahealth.com. Now let's dive into this week's interview with Troy Tisdall. Well, a former Northwest Missouri State linebacker, a first-team All-MIAA member in 2004, also a COSIDA first-team academic All-American, it is Troy Tisdall joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Troy, we appreciate you coming on and chatting with us and up in Clear Lake, Iowa right now. What are things like? You've got a high school football season right around the corner, don't you? Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me, Matt. It's always, uh, you know, it's always awesome to get to talk to Bearcat football and, and life at Northwest Missouri State. But, um, yeah, we're up here in Clear Lake, Iowa. We started practice yesterday, actually, on Monday, um, officially. And, you know, uh, we're just going to go on. We're, we're hoping we get a have a season. Um, Iowa had a successful baseball softball season this summer, you know, the only state that does school-sanctioned baseball softball in the country. And so we're hoping that that's, you know, going to be a, a good good sign for us. But we're, we're taking extra measures. There's extra, you know, mitigation guidelines, things like that. It's not going to look the same, but it is nice to be out on, on the practice field and, you know, with our kids um, and, and, get, and getting after it a little bit. So, yeah, we've got our first game scheduled for August 28th. So just kind of at that point now we're um, going through our installs and, and beginning practice stuff and every day just glad we're out there. <laughs> Well, and who could have thought too where the way things ended and we lost you know our our n c a division two regional that we would have hosted at Northwest there in mid March, but then also the Division one tournament wiped out and and so much then, but I feel like in March you're like, you know what we'll roll around to the fall, we'll figure this out, it'll be okay now with everything going on, it's up in the air and and actually hearing a little bit earlier today, the big Ten is uh moving their season to the spring. who'd have thought you know? six five six months later that we'd still be kind of in this same situation that we're really relying on high school sports to to give us that sports fix now yeah i totally agree you know it's one of those things that okay we'll get this figured out and spring came was done and you know i was high school i was this is going to be my first year as head boys track coach up here and was super excited we had a lot of a lot of speed, a lot of talent, and, you know, that was heartbreaking not to get to have our spring season. But, yeah, you're like, okay, we'll get this figured out. And, you know, unfortunately, we just haven't quite got a hold of hold of this like we need to. And, you know, I'm going to trust the experts to make the best best decisions. Um, you know, like we tell our kids, control what you can control and how we respond to it is, you know, will determine the outcome. Um, 
more than the event itself. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I didn't think I really didn't, if I had to make bets in March and April, okay, we won't be going through this type of stuff in August, but here we are. So, you know, we're trying to, trying to make the best of it. And, and yeah, it's, I, I you know, I would have never thought, you know, Northwest wouldn't be playing and, you know, now we're looking at maybe division one, not even playing, but, um, so we, we do feel, you know, we do feel pretty blessed to be able to be out there right now and just hoping and praying everything, you know, gets better as a country. And then we keep everybody safe and get to have, get to have a season. So in that first week for you guys, like you mentioned, coming up fast, just a couple of weeks from Friday and, uh, right now, looking at it, an assistant football coach and a strength coach there at, uh, at Clear Lake High School up in Iowa. Uh, prior to that, a head coach at Nashua Plainfield. Can you talk about that coaching gene? Where does that come from? Did you arrive at Northwest Missouri State in 2000 thinking, hey, I'm going to be a head coach one day or, or an assistant football coach? No, I, no, I really didn't. Um, I, you know, when I came Northwest, I, I did, you know, playing football there was a big reason I made that decision. Um, but I really didn't uh, until I had to declare a major, and I really you know, declared education because I had to after two years of gen ed. And remember, uh, my advisor saying, "Hey, it's time you got to pick a major." I said, "Okay, well, let's let's think about this." And I had a history class I liked, and I like helping people. I tutored some other, you know, friends. Okay, maybe we'll try teaching. But even my senior year, I went to student teach. That was kind of just a, a hoop I had to jump through to graduate. My plan at that point was to coach college. Um, but I fell in love with the classroom and, you know, and, and realizing everything that being involved in that, being involved in athletics has done to help shape my life and the coaches that have influenced me. Um, then it did, you know, become something that I knew, uh, I would enjoy. And I knew that, you know, God, I think Scott, you know, has a plan for me. And so just being able to try to be a positive influence on me, as many kids as I can, um, you know, and, and also share the love of, of a, of a game like football, you know, with, with others. Um, so I wouldn't, it wasn't something I ever knew from a little time as a young kid, but looking back, you know, my mom was a, was a coach, um, for, you know, me growing up, she was a volleyball coach. And so I spent a lot of time in, in gyms and, you know, at practices and having three brothers growing up, uh, you know, athletics was about what all we did on the farm. So, um, it is something I love, um, and I'm blessed to be at a good spot here at Clear Lake, Iowa, um, with great, great coaches and um, and great community and family, and, and every every place I've been. National Plainfield before that was a phenomenal community, um, and then Liberty, Missouri before that. So I've been really blessed to, to be able to coach high school with some awesome, awesome people, um, really good football minds, good track minds, um, and a lot of former Bearcats too. So it's kind of fun. With that Bearcat connection uh, in in coaching and coaching with integrity, but also wearing your faith on your sleeve, how much of the way that you carry yourself as a coach and, and as a leader at your school goes back to watching Mel Churchman at Northwest Missouri State? Uh, a, a majority of it, Matt. You know, um, I I tell my students on the first day of class, you know, I talk about myself. I say this is going to be the only day about me. The rest of the day is about you guys, but... I would say out of that 40 minutes, a good 10 to 15 is about Northwest and, and Coach Churchman, Coach Bostwick, um, and just everything that, you know, how grateful I am, you know, and every time a, a new season or a new uh, year starts, uh, I, I tell kids, hey, it's, it's important for you to look back and, and, and know what's helped you get to where you're at. And, 
you know, I said, I can't sit up here as your first day as your teacher or, you know, on the, usually the first night, our first game, when I show the kids the red hat, you know, I tell the story of Coach Boswick, hey, I wouldn't be here without these men that have been in my life. And, you know, I need to give credit to them, you know, publicly at least as much as I can. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, it was one of those things that I didn't know a soul when I went to Northwest and end up being truly uh, a home with family that, I spent six years there, five playing, one and get my master's and coaching and, um, you know, lifelong friends and, and people that have helped shape who I am. And so, uh, but Coach Churchman definitely uh, reiterated and showed me really how to be a man and, and how, like you said, um, it's okay to be a head coach, to be the best coach, to be a Hall of Fame coach and a person, but yet still make it um, apparent that faith is what drives who you are and, and not just being a coach, not just being um, a college football coach in, in, you know, in his aspect or, you know, now not, not just a high school football coach, but I'm a man, you know, a son of God and, um, you know, understanding that that's where they, my identity rests in first um, and being able to share that with anybody that wants to. So uh, Coach Church, my, um still a great friend and, um, you know, man in my life that, uh, you know, I owe a lot to, as does Coach Bostwick, as far as the intensity and, and, and how to build relationships and how important that is and how you can coach someone hard, but you got better make sure that they know that you love them and that um, you're there for them. And so um, you can ask a lot of your players, and I do, but at the same time, knowing that I got their back no matter what, you know, Coach Bostwick lives that every day. And so I uh, was very blessed, you know, at Northwest to have – the the coaches and the teammates that just made it such a great experience. And, and I'll say in high school, I did too. My high school coach, John Pelzer was a phenomenal coach, still a good friend of mine, you know, that would do anything for me if I call him and text him and he's still a high school head track coach. And so um, I, was, I was, I was shaped by those people. And now that I'm ended up, you know, as a, a coach, part of what I do uh, definitely, um, try to remember those lessons and, and, you know, make them proud and, uh, you know, rely on what I, what I learned from them. So. Well, and it is so huge to have mentors and role models and people like that, that can be hard on you, but also love you at the same time. And I feel like we hear so many stories uh, from former players about coach Bostwick in that way that, you know what, he come down hard on you, but he was also right there loving and make sure he corrected whatever that mistake might've been that you made on the field. Do you find yourself at all on a Friday night on a sideline, maybe not going too extreme, but having a couple coach Bostwick moments yourself? Oh yeah. Um, you know, yeah, maybe maybe not quite as extreme as Coach Bostic <laughs> was, but you know, not many not many could pull it off like him. He was definitely one of a kind. But yeah, you know, and, and like I said, we, we we ask a lot of our kids, but that's because we want them to get the best out of who they are, you know, and contribute. We say football is the ultimate team sport. You know, everybody's got to do their job, and, and so helping kids understand that's important. But at the same time, um, knowing that hey, we're here to help, you know, and so. The one maybe phrase that Coach Bostwick used with us that helped us understand that, that I, that I do pass on to kids, and maybe it's the first time I've snapped at them a little bit or, you know, after I told kids day two today, I'm not going to – we're going to have some growing pains, but after a while we've got to stop making the same mistake. And, you know, Coach Bostwick told us they, the day I stop 
quote unquote yelling or being hard on you or correcting you is the is the day you really need to worry because that's the day you know I've given up and so I want to make sure kids know that hey I, I'm on you for a reason okay I still love you um, it might not seem like it right now or if it might not seem like it yesterday at practice if things weren't going well but you know understand that we're doing that for a reason and, and I'm I'm gonna have these expectations for you because I know you can meet them but it's you know my job to help you get there so um, there's definitely you know a give and take and and a, and a love and hate at times and, and I tell them it's okay you guys can go home and not like me tonight that's all right but understand try to take to heart what, what we're saying what we're trying to correct and you know and let's fix it and let's all get better from it so as you learn those lessons and you go throughout your career and and um more and more playing time you get more and more responsibility at northwest and the coaches and the players are looking to to become more of a leader uh, with each passing play and each passing game what was it about 2004 still falling short of your ultimate goal but still a fantastic season of going 11 and 2 and for you individually uh, just playing fantastic linebacker for northwest a first team all miaa member um, how did you continue to grow and get to that point in 04 to where it just felt like you were kind of going out there and making plays all over the place well, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but, man, I had some of the best teammates ever. I mean, and it's probably one of those things. In in '04, you know, yeah, we fell short. But I've never been part of a group that's been more committed, you know, from that spring of '04. So after we had a 2003 season that was not up to Northwest Par, you know, I still think that's the last team that didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, so <laughs> my buddies and I, we have, we have that on our resume that we try to always <laughs> – tell people hey you don't want that that's the one you know it's the one thing you don't want as a northwest football player um but going back that spring you know we decided this is hey we got the talent we've got the ability to do it we feel like we had the leadership um you know we knew we had the best coaching staff in the country so putting it all together uh it it didn't just happen you know that was that spring and and i was coming off a shoulder surgery so i was kind of limited in spring practice um but that summer, everybody stayed, which I know is the, you know, basically the expectation now um, every summer. And we were flying on all cylinders, you know. And, and so, but, man, some of the best teammates that um, that are still like brothers today, that are family. And, and, and when you have that, you're going you're gonna to be able to play at a level that's maybe above what you normally would. Um, and when you have high character, you know, like a lot of guys with high character and, and integrity, you're going to play at, you're going to perform at a level that, you know, you, you maybe wouldn't be able to do without it. And so, you know, being able to call Chad Boswick and, and Adam Long, you know, not just roommates and, and friends, fellow linebackers, um, you know, is, was, was a big deal. And Josh Lamerson, our quarterback, Morris White, wide receiver, um, still my best friends today that call text. I think Morris was the one that broke it to us in a check chain or a text chain earlier today about the big 10, you know, um, is, you know, that's special. And I know that again, that's, that's why people come to Northwest and that's why the the culture and the tradition is what it is because, um, that brotherhood happens now, you know, all the time. And I know it, it was before us too, you know, going back to the 98, 99, championship teams and the team that started went from you know winless to national champs like that's what you know what coach churchman did to create that culture and then carried on by coach boswick coach doro and now coach Wright. you know 
um, that's what makes it a special place. But yeah, we were, it was, it was a fun year. Um, and you know, unfortunately didn't, didn't quite get where we wanted to be. We, we still, we still kind of joke around and say, well, if Lambo doesn't get hurt, we're, we're winning it all. No one can take that away from us. We, <laughs> we, we, we can, we can say that all we want. Um, but you know, it was just a, it was a, the culmination of a, of a commitment of a group of men that, you know, all were on the same page that really loved each other. You know, not everybody always agree, um, with everything. Uh, but man, when we were on the field, practice field, game field, it was, it was like a one, one big unit. And it helps having, you know, NFL talent out there too, like Jamaica Rector and Dave Tolson, you know, that not only are they incredible football players, but they're awesome people that you love being with, you love being around and, and that you're going to, you're going to, you're just going to go, go to war with in four. So, um, that was the biggest thing. You know, I, if I had a good individual year, it was cause you know, everybody I was practicing with was making me better. Um, and, and the coaches put you in, in positions to win, to make plays, and then you got to do it. So, well, you mentioned it was, it. yeah, you're, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting some memories now. I haven't, <laughs> haven't really talked out loud about that with someone besides, you know, my buddies. And usually that just results in, uh, you know, us getting happy and then getting upset at <laughs> the circumstances. But you know how it kind of is 20 years after the fact. <laughs> well, and you're reeling off some, some great names in Northwest Missouri State football history. Um, but I hate to say, though, Nine blocked kicks as a special teams unit on the year. Three of them coming from Troy Tisdall. So that has to feel pretty good that, I mean, you're making that big impact, obviously defensively a linebacker, but man, kind of feared around the MIAA at that point of make sure we're blocking that guy. Huh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I just knew, you know, we, I guess that was maybe one of the first things I did as a freshman. You know, coach would, I was on PATs. I'd just go up top high and I, I don't, I can't even do it anymore. And then I, I got kind of aggressive in the middle and tried to get up and um oh it was a it was a pit game I think my junior when John Edmonds blocked it off the edge and I said, Man, you stole it. I was about to get that up the middle. It was it was kind of a mentality like, Hey, we're gonna block kicks like 'cause that's a we know that's a big momentum shift and um you know, you block a kick, you're statistically more, you know, had a had a good chance to win the game. But that was that was kinda of fun. You know, we we had that mentality that hey, this this play to be the biggest, most explosive, you know, of the game, um, and then it kind of was like, hey, he got one, I want to get one, and it was kind of, kind of an individual challenge. But again, just the result of great game planning by coaches, and then you know, going out and, and practicing it and having to execute it when, when the time calls. So. And, and taking advantage of, you know, hey, I'm not out here just for a free play on special teams. Taking pride, play in, play out, regardless if you're offense, defense, or just stepping out to try to block a kick. For sure, absolutely. You know, I it was like I we wanted to be on every special team. You know, I remember I think it was my senior year. I wasn't on kickoff much anymore, and it's like okay, I, I guess I understand why. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was a mentality. You know, like let's let's uh, take advantage of the situation. Let's you know where where some teams, some players take a playoff. Let's let's not do that. So and again, we, I try to coach it that way too now. We talk about that Bearcat family and, and so many guys that you're still in touch with, but then also even just uh, on the current coaching staff, you talk about playing with Chad Boswick and, and head coach Rich Wright, who was on this staff whenever you're here as well. Um, can you talk about what it's been like 
having the Northwest family still rally around you years after graduating. Before we went on, we talked a little bit about uh, your son, Knox, being born three years ago and uh, in, in the Northwest community and everyone really stepping up through um, prayers and, and um, well wishes and so much more to try to rally around the Tisdals. What's that been like to have that communication and everyone still right there alongside with you? You know, it, it it's heartwarming. It's not surprising because, I mean, as soon as you enter that place and stay, and then after a couple of years after you graduate, you know, you realize how special it is. Like I said, when you go through life's next chapters, your first job, getting married, um, you know, things like that, kids being born, um, you realize what shapes you. But And those people, they're there. And you might not talk to them or see them maybe once a year, every every other year at a game or at a, you know, an event. Um, but the, the, the special thing is, you know, it's like, you know, you're picking up without missing a beat. Um, and, you know, and when tragic things happen, like, you know, my son being born four and a half months early at weighing one pound, it, of course, you know, I get sent a jersey, a 38 jersey that says Team Knox on the back from the football team. You know, that's, it's, it's what truly makes Northwest a, a family type atmosphere. And again, I know that sounds cliche and, you know, there's other places that you can get that, but, there's con- concrete evidence, you know, that many people have to, that, that shows that, you know, and the volleyball team. Well, why? I had a former student from National Plainfield that was on the team, and she rallied her players and the coaches, and they sent all this Bearcat gear and cards and, um, you know, just a really a really special place. Uh, and and it does. It, it is what makes, makes you appreciate um, – spending so much time and there as a student and as a student athlete um, and now, you know, trying to get back as, as much as we can. So, so our sons can kind of understand the same thing, you know, and, and obviously we'll let them make their own decisions when that time comes, but Karen and I might be guilty of, uh, you know, our oldest son Tate, I say a few years ago, he'd say, Hey, mommy, daddy, where's the, what, what college is closest to home? We'd say, oh, Northwest Missouri State. Because <laughs> he's kind of like, well, I want to I go to college, but I want to stay you know, close to you guys. Oh, yeah, you go to Northwest. That's close. <laughs> There's plenty of family here yeah. in Maryville waiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, they love it. You know, we've, we don't get down as much as we want or we should, but try to get at least one game. Um, and, and, you know, they love it. They know, hey, we're going to stay at, you know, at Riley and Jordan's house. Who? Oh, Boswick. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, Chad's daughters and, and, and it's just, it's just a blast, you know, and, and to have that connection still, you know, Coach Osborne, shoot, I was, the year I was coaching, he was running the, I had him be the scout team. Uh, I was in charge of the scout offense and, you know, Joel was the quarterback and, um, and then BC, he was, he was playing, you know, when I was there too. So it's pretty neat, you know, to see that continue. Um, and, and again, it keeps the culture strong and, and, uh, you know, and thriving. And the Tisdall family still doing well, everybody going strong, including Knox. But I want to throw this in. I was going to do it anyway because you mentioned your wife, Carrie. She played volleyball here, an athlete here at Northwest Missouri State. Um, but now going strong in triathlons. So my question yeah. to you is, who is the best athlete in the Tisdall family right now? Oh, her for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she might even be in college too. You, if you're asking right now, Dude, my wife's a stud. Like, 
and again, you know, how many people get to marry their, their best friend from college? And you know, we didn't date in college, but having that, you know, Northwest connection, um, and she was a heck of a volleyball player and, and now she's an all American triathlete, um, has completed one full Ironman. Uh, you know, she qualified for the world championships of the Olympic distance, uh, that was supposed to be in Canada in next week. And then obviously COVID canceled that. Um, hopefully she gets to go next year, but they moved the location to, I think, uh, Bermuda. I says, well, wow. maybe we'll have to plan on that still. Yeah. <laughs> a little different than going to Canada, but, uh, no, she's, a uh, man, she's, she just works hard at it. And again, she's got the most self-discipline as far as her training and her diet and just her, her regimen of being healthy that, you know, again, being a college athlete and, and, and having great people around you and great friends, um, like she had at, at Northwest as well, um, you know, just helps her live it out every day. So I, I, uh, if we go on a run, she's the one that's pushing the stroller with knocks in it and I'm trying to keep up, <laughs> you know, she, she's a great swimmer too. And I barely can stay afloat, you know, when we go on a bike, it's usually, me trying to keep up with her so no it, there's no question now but, but but i when i was looking through i found a great video of her going through in, in a triathlon i think it was in cleveland and yeah you're right there time. alongside her running and pumping her up at one point when she was biking trying to keep her up. so i mean you know she's pushing through doing great but i mean right there motivating just once again troy being a great coach yeah well and that's one thing i found out early on like it takes a, you gotta have a good support system when you're doing that. I think what you're, the one you're talking about, that's when she did her full Ironman in Madison and she was coming up a hill. Um, you know, that some people were walking their bike up. And so we had sat at that hill. They come around twice during the 112 mile, 112 mile bike. And so, yeah, I was just, Hey, I'm going to run next to you and tell you how proud I am. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a team effort, you know, especially when you have three kids and she's still competing at a high level. Uh, you know, for early morning training, someone's got to stay here, you know, with them and vice versa. So, um, I definitely, um, you know, am blessed to have a wonderful wife that I love very much and that she, uh, you know, again, motivates me now to keep my athletic prowess at least above <laughs> average. <laughs> well, and we, we love to hear that too of Bearcats doing great things and, and you two doing great together as well. And, uh, one last one before I let you go, Troy, um, now teaching in high school, you're working with some kids and helping mold these young minds. But what's the best prank that you've seen from a teaching perspective that you can't laugh at, but you're kind of like, man, if I was 18, that would be pretty funny. You say prank? Yeah, prank. Or, or maybe it's one of those things that you used to do in school that you thought was pretty funny, but now you're like, wow, that was not funny at all now that I see it from this perspective. Oh, well, there's quite a bit of... I guess what we would have called hazing in high school that <laughs> definitely is not, um, allowed or appropriate anymore. Uh, no one, I was never part of any team that did the taping someone to a goalpost or anything like that. You know, I thought that the shaving the freshman's head, you know, which was still tradition when I got Northwest was, was kind of cool rite of passage. Um, but, uh, we, we wouldn't promote that anymore either. Uh, I would say maybe the best prank was done to me as an early teacher. I would I would bring my coaching shirt in for that Friday night and hang it up in like the common area at Liberty High School where other teachers have like their desks outside their classroom and 
end of the day, it would be all wrinkled, and I didn't understand what was going on. Long story short, two of the teachers were, like, in between classes, stuffing it in a desk, stuffing it in a chair. And without me knowing it, and I even bought some wrinkle spray, anti-wrinkle spray, and I'd be like, I'm going to spray this. Weeks went by until they told me what was going on. But it was teachers doing uh, it. Yeah, it was oh, other man. teachers did it to me. Yeah. So the students are the ones that are good now. It's the teachers that are doing all this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of pranks in class, luckily, the ones that I have to get on, um, you know, besides maybe just friends doing, you know, stuff to each other. With computers, it's kind of easy if they, you know, I've seen them do something where their computer looks like it's shut off and it's not, and they get all frustrated, uh, something like that. But, no, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest prankster or jokester, but... Kids are kids are definitely more creative now than they used to be. <laughs> Got to be with technology now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Troy, we appreciate the time. Good luck this upcoming football season at Clear Lake. Hoping for big things, and uh, hopefully we get some football coming your way here for Northwest Missouri State in the next couple months. And we'll see you back on campus. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, Matt. Um, it's a pleasure, and, and I'm a Bearcat. Always Bearcat. Thanks again to Troy Tisdall for joining us here on the podcast. Always great to catch up with all these different guests from players to coaches, administrators, but then also one that left Northwest Missouri State and took so many of those values he learned from guys like Mel Churchma and Scott Bosley, now passing them on to uh, the next generation there in Clear Lake, Iowa. So good luck to him in Clear Lake on this upcoming football season. Hopefully avoid COVID-19 and those concerns there as well. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. If this is your first one, check out some of our previous episodes. The last three weeks, we've had head tennis coach Mark Rosewell, former Northwest baseball player Hudson Bilodeau, and current Northwest Missouri State defensive lineman Elijah Green. So those are all archived on our Bearcat Rewind podcast. So please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.